0: Welcome to Camera Ready and Able, the podcast that explores the intersection of media change and personal growth. I'm your host, Barbara Varna Abel, and my calling is to help you thrive on camera and in life by tapping into your superpowers and making an impact on the world. This episode is brought to you by the word evolution, which has several meanings, but the one I love most for this episode is a process of change in a certain direction. Synonyms include unfolding, growth, development, progress, and expansion. Here to discuss is Francesca Ramsey, who is an actor, writer, sought-after public speaker, Instagram slayer, and the creator star of the award-winning web series MTV Decoded. Francesca was also a writer correspondent for Comedy Central's The Nightly Show with Larry Wilmore, and her first book, well, that escalated quickly, was nominated for an NAACP award and named one of Amazon's Best Books of 2018. And, most recently, Francesca served as writer, co-producer on the iCarly reboot for Paramount Plus and guest starred on NBC's
1: Superstore.
0: I'm really excited to have you here. Welcome.
1: Oh, thank Bridget. you for having me. I'm super excited to be here.
0: Why did you choose the word evolution?
1: I mean, just listen to my resume. <laughs> like, I've done so many different things and I didn't really go into my career with the goal of doing lots of different things. But I've always checked in with myself and asked, like, is this what I want to be doing? Is this working? I'm someone who is very process-oriented, um, very very data-driven, and so I like to look at things from the big picture and say, like, is this working? If it's not working, what should I be doing differently? And I think that that's really helped me continue to stay fresh, um, but also, you know, continue to have a career that I feel really proud of.
0: I want to circle back to process in a sec, because I love talking about that, but you just led into, until I actually started, you know, researching your background, I didn't realize you started not as a writer creator in that sense, but as a graphic designer working for really big accounts like Maybelline and Mm -hmm. Ann Taylor, I think. Yeah. Is there a pivot moment when you asked yourself that question? What do I want? Am I happy doing this?
1: Oh, yes. I mean, I was actually going to college for acting. I was at University of Michigan and I had a scholarship my first semester, my first year, my scholarship didn't get renewed. And so I got a job working at the School of Public Health, updating their website. I was totally self-taught, but I was doing all these edits on the website and I was I was running myself ragged, working these long hours and also being in plays. And I thought, what if I go to school for graphic design instead of acting and I act on the side. And so I left Michigan and I studied graphic design. And- But how did um, that pop
0: into your head to begin with? And I'm very impressed just how driven and in the work ethic you mm -hmm. must have had to keep that going. So how did we go, oh, graphic design?
1: Um, okay. Well, again, it's so funny because in hindsight, I can see that this has been a theme throughout my life, but I, um, I was in middle school and I asked my mom if I could go to computer camp And I, I got like, I had gotten a bootleg copy of Photoshop from a classmate and I bought a scanner at like Goodwill and I would print photo. This is before digital cameras. I would print photos and I would scan them and I would put them in Photoshop and I just thought it was so cool. And then I went to computer camp and I learned HTML at this camp. So I kept a website all through middle school and high school. This is, you know, pre-Facebook, pre-MySpace. This was just a hobby. And so when I was in college, I was looking for jobs and found this job listing on uh, the University of Michigan's website. And it just said you needed HTML knowledge. And I was like, I have a little, I can do a little HTML. I can do this. And I've always been really crafty. I've always loved to draw. I've always been really into fashion. And so when I got that job, I think I was making 20 bucks an hour, which is like the most I'd ever made. And I thought if I could do this as a job, like this would be great. But the school that I ended up at did not have a web design program. They just had a graphic design program. And when I looked at what it was, I was like, oh, this sounds cool. I can do this. And so the rest is kind of history.
0: It really proves once again, that something that shows up on the podcast over and over again, creatives got to create. Yes. The idea that you just create in any medium that just happens to be inspiring you or in front of you or accessible to you.
1: Absolutely.
0: That's, that's really, You really definitely have dribble. to take
1: initiative. And I think that that is something In the people that I really look up to, I've noticed is a constant in their career is if someone's not giving you an opportunity, you kind of have to make one for yourself. And it's not necessarily with the goal of this is going to lead to a TV show. This is going to lead to whatever. It's just like, I have something to say. I have something I want to make. And if I wait for somebody to give me permission, I could be waiting forever. So I might as well just figure it out right now on my own.
0: Can you give me an example when that's happened?
1: Um, I mean, I think the the biggest example in my life is I started making YouTube videos when I was in college and it was largely because I wanted to act and I was not working as an actress. I was living in Miami at the time and I was doing stand up. So again, like taking that initiative and I was doing auditions here and there but I was going on Actors Access. I was going on Craigslist and I wasn't booking anything. And uh, YouTube came out my senior year of college and I was like, well, I can kind of use some of my design skills and I can make sketches. And so YouTube really ended up opening all these doors for me. It's eventually how I got an acting agent. Um, it's helped me get jobs as a host. I, I've connected with other people. I you know, I, I struck up a friendship with Tracy Ellis Ross because she watched my YouTube videos and reached out and asked if I would write for her for Black Girls Rock. I mean, I, I did not know at the time, like, oh, YouTube is going to help me become a TV writer. I just thought, oh, this is a fun place. I can make things without any constraints. And um, I really found it to be creatively stimulating and challenging. And 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 I just, I'm so thankful that it, it opened all these doors for me. I'm going back to the fact that you didn't wait for permission slips you're an early adopter you have a fearless
0: streak that's really admirable I'm wondering if that had that as a kid or you were always aware of that because many people coming from acting any number of disciplines were like we're not allowed to make YouTube videos
1: oh yeah no we're not allowed to
0: and that (laughs) apparently is not a thought bubble that you have
1: yeah, I don't know where that comes from. I mean, I it could be because I'm an only child and I've always been a self-starter. And but I will say I do credit my parents for being really encouraging and I know for a lot of creative folks that's not always the case. You know, I'll, sometimes parents will say why when are you going to get a real job or, you know, this hobby is a waste of time. And my parents weren't like that. If I said I was into art, my mom was like, "Great, you're going to take an art class." If I said you know, I think I want to play guitar. My dad was like, "Okay, we're going to the pawn shop and we're buying Francesca guitar." You know, like I said, I was interested in things, and my parents' philosophy was always just do the best that you can, and that's all that we ask from you. And so, I really have continued to to thread that throughout my career. If I'm interested in something, I'm going to try it, and what's the worst that can happen? It's not great, and then I move on and do something else.
0: So when I met you, I think it's when I met you, you were.
1: I was working at Upworthy. Yeah. You were I was, sharing uh,
0: office space. Yes. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I met you because I, I was working as a writer for a website and um, I had I, I initially every once in a while, I would get asked to do TV appearances on behalf of Upworthy. Like I did like CNN, I did um, Al Jazeera a few times and I just didn't feel like I was nailing it. And I reached out to Amanda Seals, who we now know from Insecure and from The Talk and all these other shows. And she said, oh, you need to go to Barbara. That's who I went to. That's my Amanda Seals impression. She was like, let me tell you where you should go. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and it was truly, I I use the things I learned from you all the time. And I relay them to other people. One thing you told me, is to come up with three words that you want people to take away when they see you on camera and to go into every appearance with those three words top of mind. And I tell people that all the time. I think it's a game changer to just help you focus. And also just being willing to, in that evolution tip, reevaluate. You're never too good to take a class you're never too good to take a workshop. I've I've taken workshops and like they're legit famous people in the class, and I'm like, holy crap! Like, girl, you got Emmys. You in this class too? Okay, I was supposed to be here. <laughs> Wait, what are your three words? My three words are smart, honest, and funny. It doesn't matter if I'm doing a video where I'm painting a wall, or if you know I'm doing a, a podcast interview, or 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 whatever it might be. I want. I think you said something like two of those words should at least be present in whatever it is you're doing. And so I really try to um, keep those in mind when I'm, when I'm creating and, and when I'm working.
0: So in your evolution, then how did you know, like it's internalized in you that you said now I, I was a graphic artist and and I still employ those techniques but it's not how you know it's not what I'm going to put in when I fill out a form mm-hmm. so how, what was that evolution and that moment when you knew wow now I'm a writer
1: yes it's so interesting because I feel like I didn't know I was a writer and I was a writer I was making all of these sketches And I was having a great time and technically I was writing, but I still thought of myself as an actress. And uh, in 2012, I had a viral video, Shit White Girls Say to Black Girls. And I was working at Ann Taylor at the time. And I took a bunch of meetings with agents and I, uh, my agent said, you know, I'm signing you as a writer. And I said, what are you talking about? I'm an actress. And he's like, no, you are a writer. You wrote all of these sketches. And I had to really say to myself, I mean, technically you are correct. And I think for me, based on that and just other places in my life, it's like, if something's not working, it's, I think our natural inclination is to blame someone else for it not working. And oftentimes there are external forces that are why something's not working. But sometimes we have to say, Is this not working because I'm not nailing it? I'm not trying hard enough because my heart's not really in it. And so doing that self-reflection has been really important for me to drill down on, okay, this video did really well. Why? This one didn't. Why? That person has the career that I want. Why? What did they do that I didn't do? And using that to continue pivoting. By that same token, sometimes things are really working out and you're miserable. And you're like, I you know, it, not the same, but I, I had a show at MTV decoded. I'm very proud of that show. It's about race and pop culture. I did that show for five years. And I was like, I am tired of doing this show. I'm tired of the harassment that I'm dealing with. I'm tired of being depressed. I'm tired. Like every time there's a terrible story in the news, I got to jump on it. And, but I'm making a lot of money. Uh, my views are doing videos are doing well. But like, is this where I want to stay? Not really. I want to be in TV. So what does that mean? I got to stop doing the show, you know? And it's like, it's really hard when things are working out and you're saying no, not because it isn't successful, quote unquote, but it's not necessarily where your heart is at. And so I think checking in with yourself and saying, is this the path? Is this leading me towards the thing that I want? Is this the goal? can I do this better? It is really important. Francesca, this episode
0: is me quoting you now in the episode (laughs) notes. You are, you just written the evolution coaching manual. It's just incredible (laughs) step by methodical impactful step that you take. And Mm -hmm. so from my purview, one of the things we look at is you were out of alignment with your values. That is Mm -hmm. often the reason, the source of our unhappiness, or, you know, we get stuck in the shoulds. Like I should be happy with all this money, but I'm not happy
1: right oh my goodness I, sh- I should be
0: creatively satisfied and it is the same reason why after you know many people after doing the same role for a while will say yes. I-, I need to leave the show and for years I didn't understand that I mean as somebody you know growing up it's like why and now I completely understand it's in any profession where you have like I- now I need new challenges or I need to grow or experiencing new things absolutely Abs- yep what, what what was surprisingly easy for you in the evolution of Francesca Ramsey?
1: Ooh, um, that is a question that I was not prepared for. Um, easy. I can't really say any of it was easy. It's It's hard to change, again, especially when things are going well. But I think one thing that I've been really good about is studying other people. And I think at one time in my career, I know at one time it was motivated by jealousy. I'd be like, oh, that girl, why is she doing such and such? And then I would be like, oh, I'm going to go and Google it. I'm going to find out what she did. (laughs) Um, And I had to kind of say to myself, like the motivation here is not healthy. I don't want to accomplish things because I want to show people up or I want to do better than somebody. It needs to come from within. And so the research part, I guess, maybe I would say is the quote unquote easy part because it doesn't feel like homework. You, know, you go, you like some creator, I'm going to go listen to the podcast that they were on. I'm going to scroll all the way back to the very first Instagram post and I'm going to watch when was the moment where things started changing for them. And that's something that we have access to that we didn't 10, 15 years ago you know, you watched a celebrity or a creator that you really loved and you didn't know their backstory. Everyone kind of held their cards close to the chest, but now with a click of a button, you can read someone's book or interviews with them or listen to a podcast. And so I really love looking at other people's careers and using those as jumping off points for things that I want to do myself.
0: Whose career has been it? Especially inspiring to you.
1: I mean, look, this week, Quinta Brunson is <laughs> number one on the vision board. I mean, I, I, I'm so fortunate to call Quinta a friend. We're not super close, but she was a guest on the nightly show. And I will never forget, I pitched her. Uh, to be a guest. And Larry, who I love was like, who is this girl? And I'm like, what do you mean? Who is this girl? She's on Buzzfeed. She's a little Larry's, you know, like a 60 year old dude. He's like, I don't freaking watch a Buzzfeed videos. And I'm like, this girl is it like she is doing stuff. And so she was a guest on the show. We'd never met before. She was fantastic. We went to dinner after, and another great example of evolution, she was killing it at Buzzfeed. And she let- said, I'm leaving Buzzfeed. And I remember everyone was like, why, why would you leave? You're so successful. You have millions of years. You're just, she's like, this is not where I want to be. I don't want to stay at Buzzfeed forever. And so watching her going from making these skits to then working in television as a writer, as a producer, um, as an actress to then you know having her own show. And also I think a lot of people, again, they look at the the success, like you've got an Emmy you're doing all this stuff Quinta had multiple shows at different networks that did not go she had one at uh Freeform she had one at HBO she had one at CW and I know because I watched every time and I was like oh this is the one and then it didn't happen and I know from my own experience if you let those no's hold you back you're not going to find the yes and so watching her and then she was on a you know um black lady sketch show at HBO. And then she said, I'm not coming back for season two. And everyone's like, no, you're not coming back. Yeah. Cause she's doing her our own show. So being able to pivot and continuously ask yourself, like, is this getting me towards the big thing? And, and when I met her, she said, yeah, I want to be in TV. That's what I want to do. I don't want to be a internet star. I've done that. Now I want to do the next thing. So I felt like that is the people's Emmy as far as I'm concerned. I feel like I won. (laughs) Um, And I felt really inspired and just, it's so exciting to see someone who works so hard and has stayed true to themselves and their values and they're reaping the benefits of it.
0: I'm so glad you just used that word because I was thinking of that when you are talking about um, the example of introducing Quinti- into the into Larry Wilmore's world was like, you inherently understand your value, which mm-hmm. is very, very important because I I talk about that a lot with my students and my clients uh, because that's a part that people miss. They get very skills focused. I'm a mm-hmm. this, but connected to what value you bring. The other thing, and this is like a behind the scenes, but you know this, is you have to be someone people want to work with. Yes. So when you hear somebody having opportunity after opportunity, even though- they don't all go. Statistically, most shows don't go. Mm-hmm. And so opportunities keep coming to people we want to work with. So not only do they bring value and vision, but they're a good colleague. There's yeah. somebody literally want to work with. And I can't stress that enough because you're Absolutely. somebody want to work
1: with. Oh, thanks. And I think that same token, being a connector is something that I realize I'm very good at and I, and I really enjoy. And I think you cannot underestimate the value of just genuinely connecting people together, whether it be opportunities or or networking. And I always give the advice you want to ask first. You never want to just give out someone's phone number or their email, but people will, you will be surprised how flattered people are when you reach out and you say, hey, I met somebody that really reminded me of you. And if you're open to it, I would love to connect you to, because I could just see you working together. Or um, I often... You know, I'm very fortunate that I'm in a position that I sometimes have to turn down jobs and I'm always trying to say, if you're open to it, I would love to give you some names for this job. And then I'll go through my little Rolodex. It's not a real Rolodex. No, who has a Rolodex? Okay. I
0: I love that you just said that because I (laughs) use that all the time
1: too. You do? No, no one has an actual Rolodex. I go through my metaphorical Rolodex on my phone and I say, let me give you a few names. And let me tell you, one of my I can write a banging introductory email. I'm going to put jokes in there. I want to put a little, you know, a little work history, how we know each other. Like I'm really going to sell you because I really want for people to know, okay, if I can't hire Francesca, she's going to tell me the right person and I can trust her. And then to your point about who you want to work with, when the time comes that I can work with you, my hope is that you will trust my talent, my expertise, and my vision, because I gave you some really great person who worked on a show that I couldn't work on, and then the show was a success. Um, And so that always feels really, really good.
0: I would call that relationship 101.
1: And, you know, it's, it is so interesting to me, again, the evolution of my career. I learned that when I worked for the city of Miami beach, I worked there as a graphic designer right out of uh, college. And I was working with the chamber of commerce. And so we were doing all sorts of networking and business events. And I just learned so much by watching all of these small business owners, hustling to get clients, hustling to get um, sponsors and opportunities. And um, and I really thought, oh, you know, and I can on I was the only stand up with a business card. I don't know <laughs> anybody. <laughs> I was at shows and I was like, hey, 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 uh, come look at my website. Look at my videos. <laughs> I was like, what is that girl doing? <laughs> like, now that's the playbook. And now that's, but let me tell you in 2007 and even making YouTube videos, I remember going to these stand-up shows and telling people I was making these videos and they were so confused. They're like, why? Well, but what do you, what do you get out of this? And I'm like, it was really fun. And I get to meet people and whatever and showcase my talents. But uh, the chamber of commerce, everybody had a business card. Everybody, we were doing all these like network seminars and it was all all very interesting. And now it's just kind of become a part of my everyday way that I, I create and I connect with people.
0: Is there anything that you did wish you knew then that, you know, now that would have made it easier?
1: Oh, I mean, I think I, I have to remind myself of this every day that, um, what's for you is for you. And it's really easy to look at somebody else's success and say, Oh God, I wish I had that. And ultimately you don't know what it took to get there and what they had to sacrifice or, or the true story of what it's like. You know, I, I know people who've booked jobs that I wish I had. And then when I talk to them about it, they're like, that job was a nightmare. <laughs> you know? and I'm like, it was? It looked so great from the outside, you know? And they're like, girl, I didn't get paid for eight months and this happened and this and that. And so similarly, when you have uh, achievements, people don't know how, how many times you were told no or, or how hard it was when you actually got the thing. And so for that reason, I have been better about accepting that if something doesn't work out, it probably just wasn't the right thing for me. And it's setting me up for the right thing. And that just took me a long time. I had so many moments where I thought, oh, this is the moment I'm going to be quote unquote famous, or I'm going to make it. And then it didn't work out. And it sometimes wasn't until a few years later that I realized, oh, there was a reason that thing didn't work out. I wasn't ready or it just wasn't the right thing for me. Or if I had done it, I wouldn't have been able to do X, Y, and Z that I really wanted to do.
0: It's really powerful when you stick with it and then you start to have perspective. And because that builds- confidence and a lot of resilience and with that i was going to ask you do you have any specific techniques to help work through that disappointment i mean you might be so evolved (laughs) through your evolutionary process that you're like yeah it's okay but for some Uh, of us i mean i you know like for me journaling often helps especially mm -hmm. right like even in that moment well for me sometimes because if you get disappointing news and then you've got to go hop on another call i'm like yeah i
1: got a deal so i was just curious if you know Are there thought leaders or Mm -hmm. gurus you admire? Well, this is really funny. I'm sitting, I'm in my office, and in my office, I have my wins jar. This is something that my therapist encouraged me to do. And every time something positive happens, I write it down. On a little card, and I put it in here. And then when I'm feeling crappy, I pull out a stack of cards and I just go through them. And there's all sorts of things on here. Like this one says, "Despite despite eating crappy, I feel really good about my body." <laughs> like that's a you know, like I don't know when I wrote that. I don't know what I ate that week, but obviously I felt like enough that I should write it down. And um, some of them are big wins. Some of them are career ones. Some of them are like. Um, there one was in there like, oh, I've lived in LA a year and I like went out three times this week with new people, you know? <laughs> um, and I think we have to continuously celebrate those small wins because when you hinge your happiness on those big things that are beyond your control, uh, you know, you want to win an Emmy. That's a great goal. There are a lot of fantastic television shows that don't have Emmys better call Saul. Love that show. No Emmys. None. But if you decide that your happiness is hinged on this thing that someone else determines for you, you have set yourself up for failure. But if you decide that your wins are going to be, I wrote 10 pages. I was off book for my audition. I got new business cards printed. I worked on my website, whatever it might be. Those are going to be wins and you have to celebrate those things instead of telling yourself, well, I'll celebrate when I sell a hundred thousand dollars script. I'll celebrate when, you know, I get nominated for an Oscar. Like, again, it's great to have big, big goals. I don't, I don't discourage people from those, but my saying, I always say goals you can control. That's, that's what I tell people to shoot for.
0: I, mean, I love that. Now I need a tote bag and a coffee cup <laughs> that says goals I can control. Because yes. you know what? Just for a sec, because we I love talking about this stuff, because I would love to win an Emmy. I yes. To, I would, I, you know, I have this super fantastic. I was just about to say, <laughs> I would love to EGOT. And obviously, my Grammy might have to be the spoken word version of something. Clearly. Yes,
1: the audio book. The
0: audio book, exactly. But back to that point, those are dreams.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's, and which is awesome. And to dream, you know, dream big. And I actually have a post-it on my monitor that says dream big along with others, but that is different than a goal. Mm-hmm. And so it's one thing to, you know, speak things into existence and let the universe do its thing. But goals that you can control is the mantra of the day. I just love that. Yes. Now to segue for a sec because you're really Instagram slayer right now. <laughs> and I hadn't even thought about using the word crafty, but you so are from like- yes. First of all, I hadn't seen anybody sponge a wall in yes. such a long time, and I was like, "Why aren't we all doing this?" <laughs> and then also the fact that you can make cleaning
1: yes,
0: it's it's extremely elevated in oh, your
1: oh, thank universe, you. So. Yeah, you know it. it again, ele- el- evolution really is the word here because I. I kind of came up on YouTube making social justice content and I, I'm so proud of it. It gets shown in schools. People have written dissertations about my work. It's it's fantastic. But I also realized that I wanted to just bring more joy into my work and, 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 and focus on comedy and focus on all of my other talents. And as much as I love educational content, I was just like, I'm not an educator. This is not what I went to school for. And so I have been continuously trying different things in order to just find my new niche on social media. And I moved into this apartment two years ago and I, you know, in the middle of the pandemic, I needed to stay home. I needed to be safe, but I also needed a creative outlet outside of work one that I was not getting notes on, one that I didn't have deadlines, one that I didn't have to get on a zoom for, You know, <laughs> let's all get hop on the phone and talk about this, you know, one joke. No, I could paint whatever I wanted. And if it, if I didn't like it, I would paint over it. And so that was really, um, just really helped expand my mind. And, and it was Funny to me how often people were like, "I had no idea you had this talent." I'm like, I went to school for design. I spent a lot of money <laughs> learning color theory and and composition, and and I, I'm again very thankful for those skills. And then when it came to Instagram, just again, trying new things and seeing what was working, seeing like, oh, I did this time lapse of me painting and people really liked it. So I'm going to do another one Um, and watching again, other people's content. I got really into home TikTok. So I started watching all of these things and seeing like, oh, you know, this is how you do the before and after you want to do a slow pan of the room. Then you want to, you know, I want to keep my tripod in the exact same place. So you can really see that I was doing this for however long and just continuing to learn different techniques and, and, um, trying different music, trying different voiceovers. It's been a continuous refining process. And, um, It's really cool. I had like a, a, a TikTok or Instagram post last week that got 2 million views. And I had never done that on Instagram before. And it was just a result of like tweaking and trying different things that I've seen other people do and, and, and really putting it into my own voice. Yeah. That was a masterclass.
0: (laughs) Okay. Now I can't help myself. I have to drill down a little bit here. One. Yes, please. what's your typical day? Do you have rituals? What? Cause I want to find out. I I mean, I want to pull back the curtain and actually get into deeper into the process
1: right now. I don't have a typical day because I, I don't have a day job right now. I have two television shows in development, one, um, at Paramount plus and one at Amazon. And so I have kind of rotating deadlines between the two of those. Um, I have a writing partner on the Paramount show and I'm writing by myself on Amazon. So my partner and I, we check in, throughout the week. And we kind of say like, can you work on Tuesday? Or I can work on Friday. We do have a standing call every Thursday where we check in just like, how are we feeling? uh, Any news from our agents, things like that. Besides that, my big constants are the gym and um, tennis. I've gotten into tennis recently. So I go to the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I play tennis Monday night. Wednesday morning and then sometimes on Thursday if like a friend is available I'm in like a tennis group chat someone will be like I bought it I got a court today can anyone play and sometimes I'll play I have a call with my managers every Thursday morning and similarly to my call with my writing partner that's kind of like you know, any outstanding bills people owe me, any projects that I'm working on. Hey, I met this person at a party. Can we reach out to their reps and set up a general? Um, I saw on deadline that this new show is out. Can we find out if I can get an audition? You know, all of that fun stuff. And then throughout the week, I just kind of, I'm very deadline oriented. So if you say, hey, this needs to be done by X date, I usually work backwards from that date and say, okay, if I write five pages a day, I will finish this draft by such and such date. And then, yeah, I try not to work on the weekend. Sometimes I do, but I've, I've really found that taking that time off has been really rejuvenating for me. And then I come up with fun ideas just by being like out in the world.
0: You are full on CEO of your own life. <laughs>
1: I am so type A and I, it's so funny because I have not always been this way. I've always been someone who juggles. Oh, so a lot how of- did
0: we, how did we evolve? This is a really great question because I'm with you, but, and I, first of all, I'm now at that place where I don't think
1: type A is a bad thing. No, I don't No, I, really <laughs> I mean, it used
0: to be disparaging, right? But it's like, you are full on CEO <laughs> in charge of you know, yes. Francesca Inc. or Chescally LLC yeah, or however I, you do it. And so, and this is, wow, you have a mission you have a vision, you have values, you were literally running it with consistency. Mm. And there is, you know, flexibilities it needs to be because you're, you're creative and we work in this field, but look at how you're,
1: you're running your career like a business. This is, wow, this is a really masterclass oh, for all of us. So, wow. um, you know, I don't really know when it happened. So I have always, I've always journaled. I started journaling in third grade for an assignment. It was a it was a sign. I still have it. I have every single one, and I. It's so funny. My mom sent a bunch of them to me recently, and I was reading through some of them, and I was so blown away by how I talked about myself and my life as a kid. I mean, it was just, it was just very bizarre to me. But what was interesting is that I have always been really consistent about writing down things that I want, whether it be the superficial things like clothes or, or toys or things like that, or really serious things. Like I want to go to school for acting. I want to be an actress. You know, I, I want to quote, unquote, make it is the thing that I I wrote a lot. I'm going to make it. Um, and I do think that there is power in that. We often speak very negatively to ourselves, um, about our appearance, about our success, about whatever it may be. And I've really been diligent about avoiding negative self-talk as much as possible and really reminding myself, like, I work really hard. I've earned the things that I have. Um, I'm really proud of the work that I do. I I get to make jokes for a living. I get to paint my bathroom and have a sponsor or pay for it, you know? like I get to do a lot of cool things, and I think just as a symptom of getting older and Always being someone that has had a lot of creative passions and always wanted to f- commit myself fully to them, I've needed to be organized. So I love my calendar. I live and die. Uh, if you send me a Google Cal before I do, baby, like <laughs> we we about to go. You know, like I I need that. Like I cannot get my stuff done if I can't look on my calendar and know. I don't care if it's a coffee date or a FaceTime with a friend or an audition. It has to be on the calendar. And that purely started because I started having lots of jobs and opportunities. And um, oh man, I remember I missed an acting opportunity for a web series. And I was so upset about it. I was so mad. I got this, this opportunity and I didn't do it. Cause I, I forgot that I was supposed to do it. And I was like, never again, this is never happening to me again. It's going to go on the calendar. My calendar will be on my phone. And so I just got really serious about making sure everything is scheduled. So I know what I'm doing every day. That's a Marie
0: Forleo says that yes. if it's not scheduled, it's not real.
1: Listen, and- Marie is the low way and the truth. She's another one who's really really uh inspiring and in how organized she is.
0: So I love it. The more you say that, the more I love it cuz I the whole world stands to have
1: that. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. I I literally made an insta a song on Instagram a few weeks that was like if it's not on the calendar, it's not going to happen. <laughs> and I said this is this is Um, a life motto, but this is also a warning to y'all. If it's not on the calendar, it's not, I'm just, I'm not going to do it. I cannot remember every single birthday event, whatever. Um, And so I often send calendar invites to people. I'll say, I'm so excited for us to catch up next week. And then I send them a calendar so they don't forget. (laughs) It's for me, but it's also for them. (laughs)
0: Okay. You're my, one of my living, breathing spirit guides. now. I can't it. But I also, um, on a, you know, on another practical level, just and also to be more productive and to achieve what you've achieved. It's also the way that you can start to see where you have pockets of time in your life. Mm-hmm. to Do stuff, yeah. especially when it's starting from like a side hustle or I have to, you know, I want to build and I'm not in a position to leave what I'm doing right now that, you know, absolutely. Yeah. I mean,
1: absolutely. I mean, I was making YouTube videos while I was working at Ann Taylor as a graphic designer. And so I would often wake up early to edit. I I also, (laughs) this was Uh, A safe space. I was stealing my neighbor's Wi Fi. And so um, early in the morning was the best time to upload videos because they weren't awake yet. So uh, the internet would slow down when we were both on the internet. So I would wake up early and I would do my editing before work. And I tell people all the time when they're like, How do you do all these things? Well, sometimes you're going to have to say, No, no, I can't go to this party. Sorry, I actually have to leave early because I have a project that I'm working on. Um, no, I'm not drinking right now. I'm I'm trying to hit certain fitness goals. Um, I'm waking up early. I remember I would work all week and then I would spend my weekend editing videos. I would wake up early and I would go do all my costume shopping and I would take over the living room and I would be trying different things. And it really was a discipline of saying, I have this time. How am I using it? I'm using it for what's important to me. And I, I think oftentimes we fall into the trap of saying, I'm so busy. Everybody's busy, but you always find time to scroll on Instagram. You find time to go to Nordstrom Rack. Listen, (laughs) I'm there too. Like you find time to do what's important to you. So this idea of like, I don't have time. You can squeeze in 15 minutes. And sometimes that's all it takes. You're working on a writing project. You don't have to write a, a screenplay in a weekend, write two pages, like that's all you need to write. You will get it done in a month. Or you know, you you do every few days, or you give yourself, you put one weekend on the calendar where you're like, "This is the weekend I'm gonna work on my my pet project. Um, it's absolutely possible.
0: I'm going to listen to this over and over again. I'm so excited <laughs> for the opportunity to edit this podcast. You are dropping gems all over the place. If there's anything in you know your tiara that you haven't shared yet in terms of the Francesca evolutionary process, mm. let me
1: know. One thing that I started doing, so I, so I got a divorce in 2019 and when I was going through my divorce, I was finding it really hard to write and really hard to be creative. And so I started recording these voice memos for myself, just as the first time I did it, I was recording it with the intent to send it to a friend, but then it was too long to, it wouldn't let me send it. And so I just saved it. And then I just started doing it as like a semi-regular thing. And it has been so cool to just pick a date three years ago and listen to the voice memo and realize how much in my life has changed or Conversely, how important something was to me on that date, and like it's not important at all now. You know, I was so worked up about some meeting or some friend drama or whatever. And now I'm like, oh my God, that was like the most insignificant thing. Or I had no idea that it was going to work out just fine. And I think that that's really helped give me perspective when I'm going through shit right now. Like, At the time, my divorce was like the hardest thing I'd ever gone through. And I would listen to these voice messages and I was just crying. And I was just like, I'm never going to get through this. My career is over. My life is over. All of these things are just like the, you know, these monumental, life shattering moments. And now here I am. I live in Los Angeles. I work as a TV writer. I have a dog. Like, I just, my life is in such a different place. And so I think that perspective is really important for moments when I'm having challenges right now, where I have to remind myself, oh my gosh, in two years, in a year, in six months from now, I'm going to look back at this moment and be like, girl, what were you crying about? <laughs> that was nothing. <laughs> or thank God you didn't get that job because it was a nightmare. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's really, it's really fun. I, I, it's so weird. Like I never remember, I listen to them and I'm like, I do not remember this at all. But yeah, it's been really eye-opening.
0: I just want to thank you so much for your <laughs> generosity.
1: Oh my gosh. I could say the same thing to you. I'm so thankful for our friendship. And I just, I really credit you as somebody that was really eye-opening for me and my career and, and helped me think A little bit more introspectively about what I wanted and be really mindful when I would go into opportunities and and welcoming things. And I think what you're doing with the podcast is so gracious. You're offering, you know, just so much incredible knowledge with so many talented people. And I'm just so flattered that I would even be included in that.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. And so We could just mutual admiration all day, but I am really, I am knocked out. So thank you again, Francesca. I hope you will come back again.
1: Oh, please. I would love to come back.
0: Thank you so much. And I want to thank you for listening to Camera Ready and Able. If you're interested in media coaching for you or your team, please shoot me a note and please be sure to visit ableintermedia.com and download my free ebook, 12 Tips for Success on Camera. And as always, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already mm